What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode number 91 of the Anthony Chun Amos podcast. And for this Sunday Sermon Edition, I thought I would do something I've actually never, ever, ever done in the history of my online career before, which is bring my wife onto the show. And over the past few weeks, she has experienced a personal up-leveling of sorts that has had a tremendous impact on her marriage. And I asked her if she'd be willing to hop onto the podcast and share, and she said yes. Now, she's a bit nervous, but the information and the stories that she shared, I believe, will have a massive impact on you. And what she shares may hold some keys for you and your partner uh, in making some quantum level upgrades to the way that you relate with one another. This episode is like this, I don't know, it's like a very vulnerable feel to it. So if you're looking for just some raw truth to take your relationships to the next level of connection, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amex podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, welcome back. Now, before I bring my wife onto the show, I want to preface this with something. I'm not going to introduce her to you in the typical sense of like, hey, here's all of her accolades and why you should listen to her and blah, 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 blah. Like, this is not that kind of episode. Instead, this is her um, and me um, just sharing very vulnerably and her sharing vulnerably some massive breakthroughs that she's had with you. And also me sharing some of the real transformation that our journey has brought to me personally and also to her as well, and how it's impacted our relationship together. And if you know me, I like being and leading as transparently as possible as I can because I feel the raw and real truth and the stories from the trenches just help others collapse time faster. So we'll be hearing a lot of that during this episode. I also want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by talkwithaj.com. How's that for a fancy plug? Look, I'll keep this short. If you have a personal brand and you want to take it to the next level, like, let's talk. Seriously, like, there's not an area of a personal brand that I cannot help you navigate and skyrocket your dreams to the moon or Mars or whatever other planet you'd like to go to. I've helped some of my clients who have personal brands scale their business from 500000 to $1.2 million. Uh, I've had other clients in the software as a service industry go to a quarter million uh, a month in monthly reoccurring revenue. Like we're doing some cool stuff. So if you're finding yourself stuck inside your life, your business, or maybe you just stalled out, like let's talk. Simply go to talkwithaj.com. Grab yourself a time to talk with me personally because every single week I set aside a few hours to talk with people. I just like to help them get clear on where they're at, where they want to go. And if I can help them get there where they want to go faster, then we'll talk about making that happen. So just go to talkwithaj.com to schedule a time to talk with me. So with that being said, let's bring Sarah, uh, my wife, onto the show. Sarah Amix, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Are you? Yes. Yeah? Absolutely. This is a little awkward, huh? (laughs) 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 So we're doing a podcast. A couple episodes ago, I did a podcast on like how somebody's way of being and how that's kind of like a train car, meaning everybody. I think part of the beingness of being human is every single person, myself included, has a way of being like a train car that we're going through life. And oftentimes we're not aware that there's a way of being and we're not aware that we're in a train car yet we have this experience where we're looking outside the window and we're like fuck man i don't i don't like what i see out there and where this train is going i don't even like that and oftentimes we are like oh well let me go to the left side of the train maybe that'll help oh let me go to the front let me go to the back let me stand up on my head let me meditate and the whole time we're just like running around the train car but the only way to change our scenery of life our scenery of business is to like rise above the train car to realize that we're more than just a train car and to lay new train tracks Um, so we go to a different destination and then we come back into the train car and boom now we're headed to a different area and so i thought today it would be fun uh, for us to talk about that because you've been going through some um 
like you awakening to your train car and you laying new tracks. Um, yeah. How's that been going? <laughs> well, I think that you're the biggest witness of how that's been going. So you should tell me the results, but I can tell you about my journey. Let's um, hear the journey first. Um, so we've been working with our parenting coach, Tiffany, who's been absolutely amazing. Tiffany Noonan from parentingcoaching.org. Maybe I'll have her on the show one day. Yeah. Um, she's been really fantastic in helping us with a lot of uh, questions about Zyra, our daughter. Um, but in addition, she really helps us more with um, what is going on within us and healing our inner child and our traumas. Um, so one thing that I've been working on is uh, I see everything through a lens of that. Everyone is against me. Um, including you just feeling like I'm alone and I have to do everything myself and that I have no help but the reality is that I just am not willing to accept it uh, because I I've just been in this train as you mentioned it before where I just feel like I have to do it all myself and I'm just headed in one direction and I'm I wasn't able to see that I I wasn't actually alone and I just kept seeing this perspective of you that I, I felt that I wasn't worthy of your love. And therefore, I just kept projecting that you don't love me enough. Um, and I couldn't see your acts of love. So Tiffany actually had me um, start writing down at least five things um, in which that what that you do. Um, where I feel loved so I have to write them down every day examples are I don't know um, wash dishes you write me a sweet love note or you text message or you tell me you love me so just the smallest things and just kind of sitting and appreciating them or I grab your butt yeah <laughs> or that um, and I also have to write three things down in which I feel like you contribute so another perspective I had, again, with like I have to do it all myself and this independence that has really served me until this point and it has served me in the past, um, it's just really not serving me now anymore because I am I was truly unhappy by thinking that I was alone um, and independent um, because I wasn't willing and able to accept and see your love and everything that you contribute to our family. So you talked about how you've been tracking, um, how I've contributed or acts of love. Looking back now, like for, we've been getting it for seven years now, right? Seven? Yeah, we celebrated our seven year anniversary two days ago. That's right. <laughs> seven years, two days ago. And so, well, we celebrate apparently twice. We, we have the wedding anniversary, which I know that date, the 26th of January, and then we don't really know when it became official, and so we arbitrarily picked 1010 because my favorite number is 10, and we knew it was summer in October, so we're like, ah, oh, fuck it, 1010 sounds good. And so that's what the seven year is. But now looking back, because I would say probably for the, man, fuck, maybe six years now, my perception has been you felt alone and like I didn't contribute, and I've been on the journey of like proving to you that I do love you and then awakening to a point where I'm like when I come home into my own being where I'm like man I know I'm doing everything I can I know I'm contributing I know like I know like without a shadow of a doubt and I know I have been for uh, definitely the past two years in a massive way but still there was a part of me like I gotta prove gotta prove gotta prove until I got fed up with it now looking back can you see at least over the past two years that i was making contributions and i was loving you but you just weren't seeing it due to your train car absolutely i think you've always been there and you've always offered and you've always like loved me in the same like nothing really has changed only my perspective and it's kind of crazy to see how much you actually do and how much I actually appreciate it. And I think our relationship has really changed because just my perspective changed, you know. But it's a constant work because I keep like, I keep seeing myself at times like falling back into my old ways 
Um, and I started seeing that I don't just do this with you, with like anyone else, even if it's a stranger out there. Sometimes I just have this like kind of shield around me of like, you know, I have to be independent. You know, maybe they're they're not good enough or something. Can you give me an example of a stranger? Um. So I guess today I went. Um, I had an appointment, and um, I was going to park in a in a in a spot and I was signaling for about five minutes because I was waiting for this other person to to get out and then this person is this another Whole Foods incident almost but <laughs> D- just just so you know she 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 almost stabbed a lady at Whole Foods <laughs> not not really <laughs> not, not not really but it was pretty crazy in her mind <laughs> so that's why I was like is this another Whole Foods incident because this one's actually a new story for me that I heard so I'm excited to hear yeah. this one it just happened today, actually. And so I was signaling for about five minutes. Parking was really rough there because everything was, was taken. Um, and then this person just came and completely cut me off. And my mind just went to like, oh, I'm going to go tell them something. And Agricar. <laughs> Stab her tires. That's where the Whole Foods lady in her mind went to. Stab her tires. Egg her car all this plan but i just made a conscious decision and i just told myself like this is just not worth it it's not like it just brings up so much like torment inside of me when i like start thinking about this and get aggravated that i just made a conscious decision to change my perspective because my mind just went completely to like what an asshole i can't believe he did that he just feels entitled because he has this super nice car super luxury car he didn't even like turn around to say i'm sorry so i just like kind of had this complete story about this person i have no idea about um so i just kind of decided to take a couple of breaths and just drive you know and find another spot which i did i mean nothing bad happened and I honestly just made a conscious decision to let it go. And I thought to myself, like, if I would change my perspective right now of this person that I completely imagine this terrible person, you know, entitlement, whatever. And I just thought, like, one, maybe he didn't see me. Number two, maybe he has an emergency or he did see me and he is sorry. Maybe he's just oblivious, but, you know, whatever. That doesn't really matter. Um, but it just kind of like helped me just really get over it and like just that switch in perspective and just consciously making a decision that I'm not going to buy into that story that like just completely brought so much resentment inside of me and like aggravation, all this like planning on, you know, egging his car and all of that stuff. So I don't know if that's a good example. But. It's a perfect example, but I'm curious on this because pers- you keep using the word um, shifting your perspective. And I think a lot of people think, okay, so you're just shifting the way that you see things cognitively, like in a, in your mind. And is that what you're doing? Or is it something deeper, like at a core level that you're off to, you're also shifting? Uh, it's kind of hard to put into words, but like the way that you're feeling like your emotional state because on one side if your train car is i'm all alone nobody's here to help me not only is that a way of thinking but it's deeper than that it's a way of being which entails what you feel what you think legitimately who you are so when you shift perspective it's not necessarily just changing thoughts it's shifting everything about you the way you think the way that you feel the way that you be which sounds very ethereal so when you're saying shift perspective is it literally just the way you're thinking or is it deeper than that it's definitely deeper than that because i feel like i've been until now just this person that i thought like oh independence serves me and blah 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 but now even with this example of the the guy in the car i just like i think the hardest part is just being very conscious and present and detecting of like hey i'm going back to the way i used to be of like this person that is shielded by everything and that just like you know even in, even with this guy i was like oh i'm independent you know i'm gonna show you prove you and like everyone else is bad around 
around me and they just want to hurt me all the time so that's essentially my perspective that's what i thought about you like oh he just wants to hurt me all the time he doesn't love me kind of the same thing with with this guy so now like kind of starting to really see the positive in you is also like starting to you know come up in like other instances like the example of of today's um, incident and then I think it's just kind of detecting like is like kind of sitting with the feeling and like the first feeling I had really didn't feel good the first feeling of like this hate and resentment towards this person I don't even know and anger really didn't serve me and it was feeling Mm. really stressful and I I could feel like constriction in my throat and I was just like really angry so just like first detecting that and then detecting the feelings yeah detecting the feelings and then I was like wait this doesn't serve me I I feel like this is very familiar of what I do with AJ and like the same feelings that usually come up when I have these stories about people or you know I feel hurt so so tell me about feelings so I grew up in a place where I didn't I didn't really feel honestly I wasn't allowed to feel the in the culture that I grew up in Um, I've said this many times on this podcast and it's been a deep dive journey for me over the past nine years for sure maybe even 10 years of me really increasing my capacity to feel increasing my emotional intelligence which um, I believe it's really good I mean there's still ways for me to improve but I'm I'll toot my own horn I'm pretty fucking dialed in um, on that type of thing so for you how has that journey been for you because this is it's amazing for me to hear you even talk about oh I had constriction in my throat oh I felt this way how how because you weren't like that like this is like a totally recent development probably within the past three months honestly and now it's like like you're getting it and shifting really quickly so how did you start going from just thinking and and like fleeing into your head and trying to think through life to now using both thoughts and feelings reword your question again sorry She wants me to reword my question. So let's see if I can come at this a different angle. How did you go from just being purely thought-driven to now paying attention to the way you feel? And how has that benefited you? Got to. So I feel like, again, this is like a, a thing in the past. Like when I was growing up and everything I had to go through and becoming this persona very independent and so on also came with I never expressed my feelings I thought like expressing feelings is dumb and it actually shows weakness so it had served me a lot before to be independent and not show my feelings but it's not serving me again now because now I keep them inside and all all they do is just make me sad if I keep them inside if I don't release them in a healthy way um and to be honest I used to maybe release my my um my feelings by like smoking before we met um and just kind of some unhealthy habits that I didn't at the time realize that that was my outlet um for for feelings but it was very unhealthy so I think like in the past three months what kind of change well number one we've been working with Tiffany and I just really want to become a better mother and I want to I want to feel better I mean who doesn't want to feel better some people don't want to feel better I mean, some people you give them the opportunity to feel better and they go into their brain and convince themselves that they already feel better and they don't listen to a fucking thing anybody says yeah. you know yeah, and I agree. I was the same way. I would always go to my brain and be like, well, whatever. I can just think logically and I can navigate through it. But the truth is, again, it wasn't serving me. I It really had to be a, like I had to change something because just going to my brain, it, I was still miserable. I was still feeling miserable and sad. And 
I think it's just a switch. It's a decision. Like, are you willing really to commit to making a change? Are you really willing to listen to somebody else that wants to help you to at least try to see if it's going to serve you, if it's going to make you happier or not? And bolting on feelings to you navigating this human experience, do you feel like that's empowered you or, or disempowered you? Absolutely empowered me. I mean... I feel like my parents didn't really allow me to express my feelings. Not the, not allow me because I, I could have told them how I feel, but I didn't feel any empathy or understanding. So therefore, I didn't feel like what's the point of telling them how I feel like they're just going to either make fun of me or shut me down. Um, so I think now all of us as a family, like learning how to actually be empathetic towards each other and feeling heard it actually helps because if you don't feel heard like you don't want to share your feelings and it just feels so much better to be able to share in a in a space where you know everyone is empathetic and listens and you know helps you and when you say our family who does that include i'm curious right now you and then we also teach zyra to tell us what how she's feeling um, at this point, she's only two. So when she feels like angry, we kind of, you know, ask her, like, are you feeling angry? And we kind of help her navigate through it. So I think with her, I'm actually learning with her together, like how we're expressing our feeling. And I think like a big breaking point for me to accept my feelings is like, I don't want her to grow up without being able to express her feelings. I want to be there and I want to you know, hold space for her and learn how to hold space. But if I'm not a good example and like expressing my feelings, she's not going to express her feelings either. So let's talk about um, expressing feelings for a second. Um, I think oftentimes women are labeled like too expressive with feelings. Like they're, they have too big of an emotional storm and I'm taking and I don't mean just women, but you could take feminine energy and you could just take it to the extreme, you know, extreme end of the spectrum. And it's just like chaos, expressiveness, like storm, right? And then you have masculine on the other end of the spectrum. And I'm totally talking about polar opposites, which is just that nothingness, that calm, collected, unconditional love, nothingness, masculine energy. So when we're talking about feelings and expressing feelings, does that mean one, like for you, in your experience, does it give you um, permission to just be like super expressive with your emotions and like to a point where it harms people and you're just like, I'm expressing my emotions or is there some middle ground in which you learn to dance in? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't really know I just feel like at this point I'm still exploring healthy ways of like expressing my feelings but to me it's just kind of saying in a safe space to somebody that I trust like hey I'm I'm feeling angry and you know it would be helpful if we go I don't know cut some wood outside with an axe or something I don't know you haven't told me that one yet I'm waiting for that one hey babe I'm really I'm feeling angry can we go outside and cut some wood I'm like uh sure I feel like that one is coming because we have so much wood to cut so in true. the new house so, so I was thinking that would be a really cool way to you know we just bought a house on an acre and a quarter and we have like all of this these trees and all of this like this limbs and wood like we have six months of yard work to do on this place it's really exciting yeah so i think it's a cool way to you know burn some steam or whatever <laughs> yeah awesome the reason i asked that question um because i've experienced certain women i'm not going to name any names and you're not well you have been one of those in the past when you get really angry that just like express your anger through a lens of like projection and like I don't know like hurting people and I think there's a middle ground like there's a healthy way to consciously express motion and I'm not even talking like consciously bypassing the anger there's a there's a I mean so if we're in our amygdala 
like our fight, flight, or freeze brain, you're definitely go to fight. I definitely go to fight. And that's why our arguments would get nasty. Not like physically or anything, but like they would get just, they were, they were charged. Like they were charged. They really were charged. And I wouldn't back down. You wouldn't back down. We both are like fight to the death type people. And in that there's been a healing for me and like giving my voice because growing up I could never talk back to my father or mother. I had to be, and, and it's not, I'm not even looking back and I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be disrespectful, but there's a place in which I had no voice as a child. I didn't feel like I had a voice. I guess I could have had a voice, but I chose not to have a voice because I chose to be compliant um, and then so in the dance that you and I have danced over the past seven years, I've learned not to be compliant and to speak my voice. And now I'm learning a new evolution to holding space and listening and yeah, and just holding space and listening, um, no matter what the expression is. And yet I feel like you're also learning a new way to express anger in a conscious way, but not just in an expressive way. Like anger is not doing you, like you're doing anger. Like you're the one who's being like, oh, oh, I'm feeling anger right now. And then you're speaking for a request that I can answer, I can honor or not honor. We get to, and we get to dialogue about that. And I think so many times the people who are on the opposite end of the spectrum that are just reacting to whatever they feel essentially they're still in like fight mode they're not back in their prefrontal cortex like using their conscious thinking abilities to navigate emotions like using them as feedback but then using them in the game of consciousness like conscious communication to actually create resolution does that make sense yeah i think like in the past when you're talking about like our arguments and I like of other people, I think people just react and they react out of like a mindset of like victimhood of like you made me feel you did this to me. And I think both of us now have done some work and we're working on more of like taking responsibility and being like, who I feel angry about what you said like you said something that that I felt angry around it but I think also like when when we say that now we take responsibility and we kind of like evaluate a little bit more of like why exactly did that trigger me is there maybe something in the past that happened that triggered me is that the real reason that it triggered me so we kind of learn to ask a little bit more questions and take more responsibility so I think that's what the difference is. What was like the pivotal moment for you? Like what was your, yeah, the decision moment in which you decided to look at your train car, accept the train car, and then choose responsibility for your train car and then rise above it to lay new train tracks? Like what was that moment for you? I think it's just kind of seeing Zyra now getting to an age where we want to teach her feelings and we want to teach her, you know, that disagreements are healthy, but we also need to take responsibility. So I think she is my, my big trigger point. And at the same time, it's just I've been feeling really miserable lately. Um, and I've, I've also been so busy with work because I was working two jobs up until May that I just buried myself in work and I never actually learned and took responsibility or had the time to even like self-reflect on things like that. Now is that one of your ways of being was just covering yourself in work or was or not? Absolutely yeah I was hiding behind this I'm independent and I can make money kind of facade and then I lost the job and it was like the best thing that happened in the world so yeah awesome but I also think like the train track that you're mentioning like I'm not there yet where I accept and embraced the way I was because I feel like it's I'm still a little bit judgmental towards how I was but I'm definitely like, I, I see that it served me and I do accept it. 
but I still judge it a little bit. So Tiffany and I are actually working through learning to love it and embrace it because that's that's a big part of. Tell me more about that. What do you mean by you still judge that part of you? So I judge the part of me of like that, you know, I always quite like, why didn't I take responsibility? Why wasn't I like different? Mm. But the truth is I wasn't because it served me at that point. So I just, I haven't learned to like love it. And yeah. And would you say that um, also potentially you just didn't know there was a different way? Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't know there was a different way. I think most people, they don't know it's a different way. So how did you become aware of a new way? Because of you. (laughs) (laughs) Because you always opened my eyes to new things and wonderful things. And to be honest. Well, let's be honest. It hasn't been wonderful things. It hasn't felt like wonderful things. (laughs) Well, sometimes they (laughs) don't seem wonderful or they don't seem wonderful at first and they end up wonderful so i think it just depends but we were just like in our arguments we just couldn't see eye to eye and we we've been through a couple of counseling sessions that have definitely helped but i think the bigger picture of all of those arguments now that i look in the past was just my perspective of i felt that you didn't love me I felt that I had to be independent I had this story just rolling into my head and I think also the difference now of our our disagreements or like if we have a conversation is also like I have in the back of my mind I keep telling myself or like I go back to like to my my list of like everything you do for us and I'm like wait I'm having a conversation with the person that really loves me. He's not going away. He's always going to be here. And that completely changes the argument. Like, in, I'm not like in that defensive mode of like, oh, he's against me. So I have to be against him. You know, I'm just like, wait, we're, we're just a team. And he really loves me. He's not going anywhere. Like, there's no more fear around it. No more like all of those feelings that didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. If there was a dude listening to the show who had a wife who was similar to you two years ago, where they felt, where their wife felt like they were all alone or they never, the husband never did enough, what advice would you have for that guy? I, I mean, the more, like, I think regardless of how much he might, like, see it exactly what I like the experience I I talked and like oh she needs to change her perspective I think sometimes she doesn't is she she might not be open to hear it from him so I think that you have tried in the past helping me shift my perspective but either I wasn't ready or I just I wasn't able to hear it from you I was a lot more open to hearing it from from somebody else like Tiffany that I've been working with um I don't know why maybe we're just too close or like in an argument I feel like oh well you're in it for yourself but a a, an outside perspective was really helpful now let's talk about this a little bit because you've been working with Tiffany for nearly 12 weeks and this is a pretty recent discovery for you over the past three weeks but you didn't ex maybe I'm wrong here, but you didn't accept, you didn't accept her. I don't feel like you accepted her advice, her invitation to begin with about sucking yourself out of their train car. And there was a lot of resistance, which is naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's almost like, I feel like there's a deeper lesson here for people because it was like, she even presented it with you to you. And you were kind of like, fuck you. I'm not paying attention to you. But then you finally did choose why did you finally choose I don't know I think that uh, maybe like the argument before I chose was a little bit of a breaking point because we really couldn't see eye to eye and I felt really hurt Um, and I think like also I just really needed time to start trusting her like I have a hard time trusting somebody or listening to somebody from the get go Mm. so is there anything I could have done in hindsight that would have made it easier for you? No, nothing. You didn't do anything. I think 
either I wasn't ready or like trust trusting enough to you know accept a new perspective um but yeah there wasn't anything and again going back to like the guy like in advice is just kind of I think at first try and see if your partner is open to shifting perspective and if not try to see if you can find an outside perspective or help that you know so I'll give you my perspective on this because it was a this was like a, a journey um, for me probably honestly one of fuck man probably one of the most hardest journeys um, I've ever ever encountered like business is a walk in the park to me compared to um, this journey and it was like I had like learned and learned and learned and I've invested in so much of like my own journey um, diving into my shadows diving into taking responsibility for what's mine like every time getting an argument like going to my journal and figuring out like okay give myself permission to create space and being mad at Sarah but being mad at her consciously in my journal not to her and then figuring out what what was the story I created and why am I angry and then what part is that and then go resolve it and it was like we're stuck in a loop 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 and really what it came to me was getting to a root a root for me and that and it's been a evolution of like pulling back layers pulling back layers and so part of my train car growing up was uh proving myself like through accomplishments that i'm i'm worthy and that was my original like wound with my father and it was about a five-year journey of like healing that one and then underneath that anger was sadness for me of not being able to make requests and those requests being heard and those requests somebody saying yes or no and co-creating and so when i became aware of that i had to learn number one i had to get really clear in line with the truth which is what is it i actually desired inside of my marriage did I want to stay? Did I not want to stay? Did I genuinely want to choose Sarah? Did I not want to choose Sarah? And when I sat with that question objectively, every fiber of my being is like, yes, it's a fuck yes for me to be here. It's a fuck yes to be with this woman. I don't want another woman. It's not a desire for me to have another woman. This is what I want. I want to be married to Sarah. I want to raise and our daughter together I want us to have a a home together and like that was like that was my desire and then so it came to me number one accepting the fact that I can't control whether Sarah chose to stay or not and I had to do a bunch of work internally to like release it because if I was resisting it and then I'm going to war with her I can't love her if I'm trying to convince her why she should stay or shouldn't stay or whatever. I just had to be like, if you want to leave, you you can leave. But I choose you. I choose I Like, this is what I desire. So I'm not going anywhere. And I'm also aware right now, because we had a conversation. I asked Sarah a question, which was like, um, I don't know why. I was just breathing and moving. And one of the questions that came out of me <laughs> was like, do you think love has to be earned? And Sarah goes, yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't ever earn your love. And she was like, well, I try to earn your love all the time. And I'm like, I know you do. I I, I see how you try to earn it, but you don't earn it. But yes, I do. And I'm like, no, you don't. I, I, I give it to you freely, babe. Like you don't, you don't earn it. I just give it to you. And she was like on the other side of that. And that's why it always felt like we're on different islands. And it took me I feel like it, and we'll get Sarah's perspective here in a second, but it took me like leading and saying, look, if you want to believe I got to earn your love, I'll never earn your love. And you have a way of being where you don't even see the things that I do do. So there's no way I can ever earn your love. This is a game I can't win. So here's how this is going to go down. I love you. I choose you. I choose Zyra and I can't do anything to earn your love. And if that means we're just miserable, then just 
be miserable. And that was kind of the lining moment of the truth. And that for me, like took so much courage to, to like say, and so much work to be able to articulate. But I felt like that was like the turning point for us because internally I wasn't leading out of fear internally I wasn't leading out of sadness I wasn't leading out of anger like I was like I don't know how to describe it I felt complete like for the first time in my life I was just kind of like I choose not to prove to you and I choose my desire and I'm standing like firm in the centered place what which what are you going to choose and that was kind of my invitation like not only with my words that came out of my mouth but also in like I don't know my energy my way of being which brought a lot of healing for me to me I know it sounds really weird and then Sarah's like had her kind of breakthrough that day so I guess my advice bringing this home is like lead I don't know how to say it and I'm not saying like lead as an asshole I'm just saying like when you rise as a man and you're lean and you're leading from a place of unattachment. Now, unattachment, I'm not saying from apathy where you don't give a fuck. That's not what I'm saying. The definition of unattachment is like you you're a, you 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 care about the outcome, um, but you don't care how the outcome is achieved, right? Um so you're you're unattached you're just like being the observer chooser while still caring deeply about what you desire when you can lead from that place people rise up and that would be my advice um to you so sarah is there anything you want to say around that yeah i think definitely like in our in that conversation like it was definitely an aha moment too for me like when you just very confidently we're like I'm not going anywhere because I think I was just lacking so much confidence I had made up this entire story about you that like you're gonna leave me you're you don't even like me or love me and I was just like devastated at that point and I got into this like defense mode you know kind of ready to attack that was all a working in an inner working of your own inner workings. It was nothing I had said or done to create that inner workings of you. Exactly. Exactly. But like just hearing you like actually just stay there next to me and like really telling me like, I'm not going anywhere. I love you and I choose you like really kind of opened my eyes and I'm like, whoa, wait, what? You're just kind of destroying my entire story that I just told myself. Um, so I, it was definitely super helpful. So if, again, going back to the advice, if you have that for, for, for somebody that is going through the same thing, I, I think that was perfect. That was amazing. Um, and then I kind of like set with it and at the same time, then I talked to Tiffany, like after a couple of days and like, she kind of like anchored that in again. Um, because number one, she talks to you and knows you, not that she was trying to like say something that you said, but you know, from an outside perspective, it's also nice to see like other people are seeing it. You are telling me. And now I have this story that's like just super invalid. Like what is the story? Number one, it's not serving me. It's making me super miserable. And why do I have this story? Like, it's untrue. Everyone else can see that you love me and you're amazing. You're telling me you're not going anywhere. So this invalidated my story. So there you have it. Like, at that point, it's like, do I choose to still be miserable and just stay with my story that, like, is not true? I know it's not true. Even if I think can go back to my brain and think logically now with all the proof that I have. Or do I choose to change my perspective? Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And it may sound like that conversation was a pleasant conversation. Uh, it was like, I don't know how to, for me, my experience, this is like fucking warfare. <laughs> like it was intense. It was like being on the battlefield. Sarah was like, because I, I chose to sleep on the couch the night before. 
and I, I knew that was going to cause problems. And I was just like, like I really had to check in with myself um, and figure out like, what was my genuine desire? Like, I didn't want a hero. I didn't want to villainize. I didn't want to be in drama, but I was like, fuck, it's going to be in drama. But what is my genuine desire? And so like the night before I slept on the couch and that like triggered Sarah and her story of I'm alone. Nobody's here for me. And so like the next morning she was just like, going off on me like you had no balls to come and see me I can't believe you and so I was like we're as we're in the middle of the conversation and she's like like hitting me below the belt like with all these words of like you have no balls like I could check in on myself and it was the first time like I just like out loud I was like I think I even grabbed my balls during the, the time and I was like these balls are so big like you have no idea how big these balls are like they're so grounded right now and you ha- you don't even have an idea how grounded these balls are like for whatever reason like I was just like in a very masculine unpenetrable zone and holding like objective space to guide us to this breakthrough to aligning us with the truth and it, it was it was intense. Like you're laughing right now, but it was not funny <laughs> in the moment. No, but now it is. <laughs> so we can laugh about it. <laughs> oh, now. So now let's flip this around. If there's a woman listening to this, what advice would you have to her? I would say if you feel something that you don't like and that it's not serving you, just think about maybe changing your perspective. I think think through how how you can change it and if you find yourself always arguing and being in this like victim mindset and always thinking that something is done to you try seeing how you can take responsibility awesome and is there um if you could go back in time and give your younger self some wisdom to help her collapse time and results what would you tell her i think i would have changed my perspective seven years ago however i also really believe that (laughs) why are you laughing why do people say this This is the second person that says this so i I have this beef when people do this when they're like you know if i go back in time i wouldn't change anything because it brought me to this exact same place i'm like fuck you (laughs) you should like it's irresponsible to not take your wisdom back in time and make changes because you would have a different life. You would have a different I level would. of connection. So listen, you would have you different. Didn't listen to my whole <laughs> answer. <laughs> so I would, I would go back seven years to give you this gift of like, and myself, this gift of being able to communicate better, to know that we really love each other very, very much, and to change this perspective. However, in the past, I do feel like this this feeling of being independent did really serve me. And again, I'm on the journey of loving that part of me. So I don't want to go back and give advice to something I'm supposed to go and love. Um, But I mean, I think the wisdom is like, I would definitely go back and teach myself how to take radical responsibility and not be in this victim mindset. And the option of knowing that I can change my perspective the moment it doesn't serve me. So nice. Well, the thing is about independence, and I just want to anchor this for everybody. I think when people change train cars, when they change a way of being um, in Project Shift, we call this like metaseo, like a deep understanding. When people change, there's a time and place for independence. Or in like in my place, there's a time and place for for warrior, for war. But wisdom, wisdom has the ability to know when does independence serve? When does the war from the warrior serve? Meaning adding value to the human that you're in exchange with. And if independence is the thing that serves, then you choose independence. If independence doesn't serve, meaning creating connection in the case of relationships, then in that moment, you would choose co-creation rather than independence. Same thing with me being 
I'm not saying I am just a warrior. I, I think every human being on the planet has a warrior aspect within them. Um, the same way they have a visionary aspect, a teacher aspect, um, and like a soul aspect, like a, a spiritual a healer aspect, um, the visionary, the healer, the warrior. And, um, yeah, there's one more I just forgot. Warrior, healer, visionary, and lover. There it is. Lover. Mm -hmm. The four aspects, like we all have it. And if we can cultivate those to the totality of them, wisdom is knowing when that archetype serves, right? So it's not about either or. It's about just having it in your tool bag and using your sovereignty and having enough wisdom to know when to leverage that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So going back in time, put it in your toolbox so you can leverage it. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hopping onto the podcast on this Sunday Sermon Edition and uh, being here with me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Well, there you have it, my friend, my wife, Sarah Amix. I never thought there would be a day where I'd make that possible for you. <laughs> but there it was. What a powerful conversation, right? Man, it was really just awesome to create this episode with her. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I hope you're starting to see how your way of being legitimately impacts your life and your business. Like this way of being stuff is real stuff. And I don't know why more people aren't talking about it. And I surely know the school system and most parents don't teach their kids this stuff. I, I didn't know this stuff. And, um, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And since this is a Sunday sermon edition in this of this podcast, like I wouldn't feel complete personally unless I gave you an invitation. So my invitation to you on this day is this. What is your current way of being and what impact is it having on you and your relationships and your life at large? Like, is your current way of being empowering you to be the sovereign creator that you truly are? Like, is your current way of being empowering you to be the sovereign creator that you truly are? Or is it limiting your power to create? Whatever the case, my encouragement for you today is to align with the truth of that. And if changes are need to be made, well, I've already mentioned, you can go to talkwithhe.com to grab a time to talk with me. So with that being said, that's going to do it for this episode of the Anthony Johnny Weeks podcast. I hope this has inspired you in some way. And if it did, like I would really like to hear about it. Simply take a screenshot of you listening to this episode on your device, post it over to your Instagram stories, and then tag me at AJ Amix. Thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate you because you could be listening to anything else, but you're not. You're here. You're choosing to be here with me, and that really means a lot to me. So thank you for that. And until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to AJAmix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. Bye for now.